When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome to podcasts. We haven't done this in a while, you and I. Nope. It's been a couple of weeks. I will start with an article that I read. Okay. It's a very good article. I just read it this morning, actually. It's on Astral Codex 10, uh, which is a rationalist guy who, who a lot of people in San Francisco like to read. And it's a very good article because I'm going to spoil it for the people out there. I still recommend you read it, but I'll ruin the effect. He tells a story um, in three different sections, and in each section... He starts it with saying, did you believe that? Because I did. And then I researched further. And that turned out not to be the case. Uh. So it starts, it's it's like, you know, the first story is that uh, hospitals, which went around, made its around, hospitals are turning down people uh, in Oklahoma because so many people are in there with ivermectin that gunshot victims can't be treated. And then the next section is, did you believe that? Because then I looked into it. And actually, the doctor that did that doesn't, like one hospital came out and said that, no, that guy doesn't even really work here. And that's not true. Mm. And then I was like, yep, totally makes sense. Sorry, and what was the claim? That the people claim with was ivermectin were... A doctor from Oklahoma said that people in Oklahoma were being turned down, gunshot victims, because the beds were full with ivermectin overdoses and COVID and that kind of stuff. So people were bleeding and not able to get a hospital bed. Hmm. And I was like, did you believe that? That's not true. You know, the, this, this hospital came out and said, that guy doesn't even work here. That's not the case. Oh. Then he goes on to do another section. He goes, did you believe that? Because that's not true. Because this is a doctor who works at several different hospitals. <laughs> and like, sure, maybe he wasn't at this particular one, but he's got, he's got, you know, five other, six other that if you just go to his LinkedIn that he's like active on or something like that. And then even after that, he goes, did you believe that? Because that's not true. And he's like, and just to be clear, I haven't called a single one of these hospitals, but this is all just from Google searching. Like what I found is apparently, and, and I don't even, and now I think the point of the article is don't even take this to be true. Yeah. This is a tentative story that this doctor went on a podcast said that hospitals were filling up. In a later sentence said that people were using ivermectin and, and case rates were going up and mentioned that people were not able to get care because of the full hospital beds. At some point, that got morphed and was picked up by Rolling Stone, the BBC, The Guardian into uh, doctor says <laughs> that hospital beds are, are filling up. And the, I think the point of the article is to point out not just the bias of the other side, but as you read it, you sense, and I sensed, where I was pleased mm. with it. You know, I was like, ah, that makes sense. Like, the news is full of shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, but that's not the whole story. Not only is the news, like, and still the news is totally full of shit. <laughs> By the end of it, anyway, you slice and dice it. But I, I suppose more fundamentally, people are full of shit. That it doesn't even require a grand conspiracy. That, that it just one person to adjust a headline based on something they heard from a doctor who might have been using shorthand can then get picked up completely without research by the 
BBC, The Guardian, all of these things that we, we take to be serious and get reprinted. And I, and I, just reflecting myself, the question that I had for myself is why, for God's sake, do I still involve myself <laughs> in reading anything? Which I think is the most interesting question. Yeah, I don't like, know why. why do. do you ever read anything? No. You got to read some things. Because you, no. you'll come to me and be like, dude, did you hear? Sometimes I'll check Reddit. Yeah. But. Well, so that's the question. Why? Like, if, if, if it is to be understood that the, my ability to trust that this corresponds to a real thing. Yeah is approximately zero for a hundred different reasons. And this isn't as fun as Game of Thrones, which I understand isn't real, but it's just way more cool. I'd rather know the history of the houses in Game of Thrones because sure. that's exciting. So why do you, why do you? Why in God's name? Well, what did, <laughs> do I ever, how do you find it? Like, what's your source? Because I, I know you're not watching CNN. Uh, well, even this particular thing, Astral Codex 10, and I think he did a good job in this article of point, like, why do I read this thing? Because sometimes I walk away with political takes or, you know, takes, uh, influence perspectives of reality based on claims that I'm not checking that he makes. Um, well, I would guess you read Astral Codex 10 because you think that's the best way to get, quote unquote, the real story. Yes. Right. I think yes. the, your idea is that the news is all fake, but he has him and the last psychiatrist have the ability to cut through the bullshit and tell yes. you what's actually happening to a greater but degree. But I think that's honestly what people think about Fox News and MSNBC exactly. as well. They're like, oh, I watch this because I don't want the fake shit from the other side. I want to know what's really going on. What in is the world. Tucker thinking? Yeah. 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 So, so recognizing that's the same exact mental process that is occurring in everybody who yeah. I think is dumb and is, is also occurring in me. Uh, and I think he did a really good job of pointing the finger back at his own audience and being like, the hell are y'all doing here? Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's an interesting question. And I just wrote down, I was like, well, why do I do this? What do I, what do I emotionally get out of this that I am not just reading fiction? I don't know, but I will say people do not like when you don't know what's happening in the quote unquote news. Yes. I was talking to somebody, I forget who, maybe my, I, I won't even say, I was talking to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, the fires. How are you with the fires? I was like, what fires like California's on fire, not my part of California. And they were like appalled <laughs> is the best word I can use to yeah. describe it. That I didn't know that somewhere in the state of California, there was a big fire going on. Yeah. So I think there is a sense, for, at least in America. Well, also, which is funny. I just want to point important. out that somebody who knows that you live in Los Angeles, who is asking you about fires that can't tell the difference between Northern and Southern California is upset with you for not knowing that there's well, a fire. I know why I don't, I, I guess I could start with, I know why I don't, try to watch the news, which was, I just read Tim Ferriss's book where he says a lot of people spend a lot of time and mental energy consuming news and then discussing it with their friends mm -hmm. and then doing nothing to change the world. And so if you're the kind of person that is going to use that information to like, you're like, Oh, I didn't know that this tragedy was happening in Rwanda. I'm going to fly to Rwanda and volunteer. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Like if that's how you handle tragedies in the world then it's very good for you to know what's going on but if you are going to read them bitch about them at dinner and then do nothing about them tim's point which i thought made a lot of sense is you might as well just read anti-cancer mm -hmm. change your own diet have more energy to pursue your own projects better and like, maybe even then donate more money to charity if, if you want it to be effective in the world yeah sure but I, I, he basically just says most people don't use their knowledge of the quote-unquote news to do anything good for themselves or the world. They just get angry and then come together with their tribe to be angry together. And so he opted out and said, I'm just going to not do this. If I'm going to consume something, I want it to be Marcus Arroyo's meditations or something about how to get in better shape or something that's just going to make me 
better in the long run because in his opinion, the news doesn't make you better in the long run. Yeah. And that was compelling. So I, that that convinced me. So my reasoning is just his reasoning. Well, I don't really, yeah, I don't read the news. And to be clear, there is, I'm not going to play the other side, but I know that the response of people is, it does matter that you vote for the president in political activism because you can make a difference and your voice on social media matters. I happen to disagree with all that for subtle reasons, which I'm not going to address here because we've done it in the past and I don't want to deviate too much from this. I don't know many people that, gather news over the course of four years and then it sways which political <laughs> party they vote for you know yeah like most that's people, that's one of that's one of my criticisms is like did you really need to invest this much time which or would you have not known which well, sorry which so i should to say the i'll just to give tim's argument all of its uh strengths he also says the most important stuff will come to you through other people mm -hmm. so you'll know that the u.s is leaving afghanistan you will not be oblivious to the most important things happening in the global news cycle, but you'll skip a bunch of stuff that is less important. And if you decide one is important, sure, I guess you can go out of your way to research it mm -hmm. on your own. But he's, he's talking about the daily consumption via the, a newspaper or a news channel that mostly is, is either repetition of something that you already heard about or being manipulated in a way to, to aggravate you to misrepresent the information like astral codex you're just saying so it's uh yeah it's not that it's not that there's virtue in knowing nothing except for what's happening in the one square mile around you but that you're gonna know most of the big stuff because it'll bubble up to you anyway through all the people who are addicted to consuming the news and and i think also equally important is that while uh those short-term news stories perhaps have a higher likelihood of being uh you know, very verifiably false. The degree to which you can trust uh, the general opinion of your peers is also suspect. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we did we leave Afghanistan? Did we leave on the correct timeline? Did we pull out? Like, literally, the verb that you use confers a. Did we retreat from Afghanistan? Mm -hmm. Confers a judgment on on that that is implicit. So almost anything that you're hearing from anyone about the world is rife and judgment and bias um but anyways so i was i was thinking like why do why do i do this what, what do i get out of you, it you're missing the mic like crazy am i missing the mic Justin just can you hear me you. <laughs> oh really you got me dude i see him over here <laughs> like this. um what do i say yeah so i was i was thinking and you mentioned the social thing i think there's a big social participation that one gets mm -hmm. in the same way that you might watch espn to talk about a game you get to participate socially and sure. you can gain advantage if you know two more things than than the other person uh definitely interrupts boredom which can otherwise you have to deal with the present moment which is often not fun just sinking in being uh meditative which we spoke you know most people including myself can't comfortably meditate for like more than 15 minutes or maybe 30 minutes but certainly not two hours so to have that time and just be like i will sit still <laughs> and and not uh consume something or, or turn something over in my mind um and then i think uh yeah it makes me feel certain that i understand things which i know better that i don't mm -hmm. you know and i think i think all of those things probably people can can relate to and i so i'm going to continue to try to focus on things that that do not require um that are less subject to that bias which is i think philosophy comedy fiction <laughs> you know what i mean like if i want to go to the news and treat it like oh this is about a fake world that nobody actually lives in which is, might be totally false and might correspond to the truth and that would be healthy but i don't actually think i can address it that way so yeah i do think that there's and i've and 
many of the fiction books that I've read have had lasting impact on me that I think has been really positive, even though they don't say anything about planet Earth <laughs> or well, the people I, I who live I feel like it. we, as a society, put a lot of emphasis on understanding the short term of quote unquote what's happening in the world and then almost no emphasis on understanding longer term history. And so Ray Dalio's whole argument is he is able to be a better investor and know more about where the world is heading because he just understands what's happened in the last 500 700 years. years. Yeah, 700. And no one else is looking at that. And so I, al I almost wonder if you'd be better off because history does repeat itself. If you're like, okay, I really want to know what's happening in the world. I'm going to study what has happened through the course of time instead yeah. of just being really, really, really well-informed on what MSNBC has decided yeah. to tell me about what happened yesterday. Yeah, that's his argument is that, that history repeats itself, but not in general, not in the span of a human lifetime. So the people will see like seasons only once and then die. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not a student of history, which again is subject to a lot of the same uh, difficulties in, in getting to the truth, then, well, it could be a problem. Um, anyway, I don't know if you have anything else you wanted to say on this particular thing. I just have a bunch of pretty random things that came up for me this week. Oh, go for it. So this is, again, what was I doing prior? This, is, this, this happened most recently, but prior I was reading Reddit. And uh, this, this is, I suppose, an example of one of the things that I try to not need to know anything too specific in order to learn from and have an opinion on. So I mentioned this to you last night, but there was a post on Reddit that was a message, a tweet from CNN, and then a response. And the response was what Reddit really seized on that they liked because it was like shut down. And it was CNN saying, like, things you can do to prevent global warming. Was, you know, reduce your meat consumption by 30%, whatever. And two other things that don't matter. Turn off your light bulbs or, or whatever. And then the response was, you know, reminder that 20 corporations contribute to 71% of the greenhouse gas emissions and blaming it on people is irresponsible and shirks the real problem. And uh, I think that without needing to verify the specificity of the 20 companies or 71%, it does seem like there's a... Uh, misunderstanding of supply and demand mm -hmm. <laughs> that is occurring there, mm -hmm. which is like those companies are not just uh, churning greenhouse gases into the atmosphere for shits and giggles. They're doing it to sell that person and me and you and our audience all the products that we demand. Mm -hmm. So like some of those companies are very likely ExxonMobil and the meat company that they're suggesting we reduce our intake by. Like if people stopped eating meat at a rate of 30% and found solutions that were created less carbon emissions, they would not keep having as many cows, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would immediately reduce their carbon footprint. And one of the things that I see in the world, and it's, I think, highlighted on Reddit, is, uh, it, it just occurs everywhere, is finger pointing at those more powerful and saying that they're, they're the ones that need to change, which has an element of truth in it, but which also completely uh, neglects one's own personal responsibility and contribution to the problem. And I see that frequently. On that, and then the self righteousness in the comments, and then my my self righteousness looking at the comments, <laughs> and I was like, man, this is just a big horrible spiral of. Uh, well, humans love to feel superior to other humans, yeah. so we will find it any way we can get it. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, and it's it's that all the way down. <laughs> it's just <laughs> people saying that the world is bad and somebody else did it, and it's not my fault, and I'm one of the good guys, and they're one of the bad the bad guys. It's just it seems so so common. And then what else? You get to point your finger at Exxon if you've bought 
an electric car. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you get to say it's Exxon's, it's Exxon's fault because I've opted out of the gasoline game. Or riding a bike or, you know, or, or, or going off grid or, yeah. and there's a lot of things that one can do that require sacrifice. You'd be like, I no longer am putting a demand on Exxon or the meat manufacturers or any of these other people. My carbon footprint has been reduced. If more people behaved like me and, and I've set my life up in such a way that that's plausible, possible, uh, the world would be a better place. Maybe then you get you get to indulge in that self righteousness. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting to think about how ultimately we we all talk about corporations like they are sentient entities, but they're they are so reactionary mm-hmm. to the consumer. Like if every person on the planet just stopped using gasoline, they would figure out how to make windmills or solar panels or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. They are also very, very happy to destroy the planet while they eke out the profit of selling fossil fuels to the extent that people will purchase them. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're like amoral, not immoral, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. They're just profit-seeking and completely neutral to the horrible secondary effects that may or may not occur as yeah. they profit-seek. I th- and I think perhaps there's a, a greater degree of sociopathy or psychopathy at, in the most powerful because the people who pursue those positions are more likely to want power at all costs. But we said it before that a corporation is basically, oftentimes, your own personal selfishness multiplied by a tremendous amount of power. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, are you sending extra tax revenue to the government? Are you, you know, how conscious are you? What sacrifices are you making in order to uh, make the world a better place. And if people were, I think if many people, there's there's some that, you know, Greta f- swam across the freaking Atlantic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, no, I'm just thinking if, if global warming is like super, if, if you're in that, if global warming is super important to you and you think it's a huge problem, probably what you would imagine that person would do is know the names of the 20 companies that contribute to 71% of greenhouse gases and never purchase from them. Or the industry. And go out of their way yeah. to be like, okay, I'm positive. These are the 20 companies that contribute 71% of the the carbon dioxide that's going up in the world. So I'm going to never purchase from yeah, them. Yeah, to look at one's own carbon footprint, compare it to the average of the world and see where it stands. And as an American, you're going to find that you're ruining things. <laughs> that, that, that almost everybody in the United States of America, with rare example, and you know who you are, you composters, you you kayakers and you know all yeah, people you bike, living off grid bike to work like, yeah open the windows and don't use yeah, ac yeah. use tungsten light bulbs that last forever fine okay <laughs> like uh but if that's the not real you, heroes if, but if you're a social media person warrior uh it's very likely not you so uh cool your jets <laughs> <laughs> so and this you know another reddit thing this one is a spicier take but i thought it and i was not going to say it and I, so but i will uh, one thing that I've noticed, and this is anecdotal, but I would suggest that it would be an interesting study to run, is that on Reddit, popular front page, which you can log, you know, if you log in incognito, I'm pretty sure you'll see an uh, unpersonalized version of the front page. Not every day, but oftentimes there's a story about a crime or a shooting or a victim or a punch in the face or whatever. And I would like someone to run this. Uh, I want to see when they include the races of the assailant and the victim. Mm. And my hypothesis is that they uh, are not equal, <laughs> that, that it is not rep- uh, evenly distributed across the races, that if it is a white assailant on a minority victim in America, minority in America, not minority in the world, uh, that it is very likely to mention that it is a white assailant, that if it is a minority assailant, 
against a white person, it is very unlikely that they mention that. Um, and I've seen this many times, and it just, just came up yesterday. And it, at this point, it's reflexive. It said, you know, man shoots person in bar. And I said, this is not because I think anything bad about any group of people, but I think this about Reddit. I said, I know what the race of the man is that was not listed. Because if, because he's the, if it was... If because if, was, if, it, cause if it doesn't say white, <laughs> I know what race he is. He's they don't just, leave it out if it's white. They will leave it out, yes. But if it's a white guy, they will include it. And the same thing with the victim. You know, you know man... Uh, and I can I could guess these, I think, with a higher degree of probability than would be suggested by the racial demographics of the United States of America or the world. You know, man assaults Asian elderly uh, person. I can guess the race of the man in that. And it's not white because it would say white man. Um, this is not a fact. This is my this is your hypothesis, hypothesis. But I, it, it, I would propose a study that if anybody cared to disagree with me, that they could prove me wrong would be to go incognito to the reddit front page and you could probably way back machine six months a year whatever and and first list every single story that involves an assailant and a and a victim and then take the uh go in find the races of both and then find to what degree each is represented um i could be wrong but if i am right which i believe i am uh it's just so it's i actually think what is happening in the world and in america is that people punch and kick and shoot each other for non-racial reasons <laughs> almost every fucking time. Yeah, yeah. Like the vast, vast, vast majority, which I think most people would agree with, but I, I suppose it's even more vast than that community would lead you to believe. That mm -hmm. most of the time when someone walks into a bar and shoots somebody or anywhere and shoots somebody, it is, uh, it is because of a different reason. And... What winds up happening, if you're not aware of this, is that you, oh, man shoots person, and you're not, you know, you go, okay, okay, I got it, got it. But what you wind up seeing is that there is so much more uh, white on minority crime in the Reddit universe than you see represented uh, in other directions. And I think it gives at least that particular community a skewed sense of the world. Yeah. And also, and you know, they're reinforcing, because these are user-generated titles, you know, that, that, that is a view of the world that I think is important for a lot of the people in that in that community to have so anyway i know it's a probably a spicy take but i saw it i was gonna say it and then i was not gonna say it so i said i have to say it <laughs> <laughs> is that a spicy take i mean to say that headlines are created to create an emotion in the people that see them i feel like that's not that spicy when people are making headlines they they think how do i say this in a way that's going to get the most Clicks, shares, You know upvotes. what's interesting? You raise a really good point because I was saying the Reddit homepage. But what's possible, it is totally possible that net submissions to Reddit are demographically representative. And it's possible that the ones that get the most upvotes are the ones that are how I describe them, that uh, are selective. That would be my, that would be my bet. You, so that, yeah, so that on average, the submissions, you know, they might, the same story might come in with two different, two different phrasings. And the question is, which of these is going to perform better? I'm positive that the same news story can get submitted to Reddit with different titles. And I'm oh, yeah, also yeah, we've seen confident it. that yeah. the one that will get upvoted is the one that creates the strongest emotional reaction in people. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, so that would that would uh, be less uh, an indictment or criticism of the Reddit title posters, which in that case, again, don't know if this is true, is just a random assortment and more of the uh, whatever, the the 
limbic brain of, of the Reddit community, which on average is just going to tilt in that direction because that's become. Well, it's not just the Reddit. This is thing. also true of Facebook. This is mm-hmm. all true of Instagram. This is also true of CNN. This is people share stories that make them angry mm. at a much higher rate than stories that don't. Interesting. Well, and the title can make a news story way more inflammatory depending on how you frame it. Well, you pointed out, you just made me think of something that I hadn't considered, which is I was treating the Reddit community a bit like a monolith. And what you're saying is like, no, if it, if it just affects 3% of the Reddit community in a dramatic way, that can tilt the upvotes, which tilts, which gets seen on the front page. And that's, you know, what people have been talking about for a long time, which is how small groups of extremists can have an outsized effect on social media presence, mm-hmm. which is, you know, if you're just animated enough, you only need... 20,000 upvotes in order to make the Reddit front page. And then most people, you know, only one out of a hundred on Reddit who will ever log in and leave a comment like, like me are just reading that and then having an opinion on the Reddit readers, which is not necessarily representative of, of those people, but just instead of a small minority, it's, eh, that's, that's probably closer to the truth. I also think it's just universal to, it's not just Reddit. It's sure humans. So oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm it's sure. the news, it's Facebook, it's Instagram. I don't know if it's TikTok because I don't have a TikTok, but if TikTok gets political, it'll be TikTok. I'd be willing the to more- bet that Fox News tilts. Uh, <laughs> you might be able to run the same analysis on their headlines and find that it's totally reversed. Sure. Like that that the exact racial demographics for assailant victim could be completely switched on that and definitely are on some right wing, uh, whatever. I don't know. What, what was the one? Parlor or something like that? That it's probably oh, the yeah, exact Parler's opposite. Oh, yeah, Parler's going to give you the exact, exact You're going to know if the assailant yeah. is is black, but if it's a white assailant, yep. you won't know. Yeah, it'll yep. just be the reverse. Yeah, people just want their worldview reinforced. It's crazy. Yeah, as I think of that, the, um, and, you know, we're all we're all victim. I've, I've just been thinking this week and many other weeks, I suppose, about how sticky the things you believe are mm-hmm. and how like the greatest favor I could do myself is to just avoid Velcroing <laughs> to, to anything, you know, just of like trying not to touch any ideologies or beliefs because once you hear them, you're likely to want to like hold them very dearly and close. So I guess I have to go on a silent retreat or something. I don't know. Uh, let me yeah, see. No, it's interesting. Even when, cause uh, most of the time I'll try to be data driven. I'll look at the CDC data or I'll look at the police data or whatever it is. But then once you have your opinion, it becomes your opinion. You feel, you start to feel an attachment to it and it's, you now need to see pretty indisputable data to change your mind. Whereas you went, you might've come in open-minded. You're like, I'm cool. I'm cool with this flipping either way. COVID could be the black plague or it could be the flu. Then you look at the data, you make your decision. But then once you make your decision, you've planted your flag mm. and you're immediately, I think, anchored to it. And you're yeah. less open-minded as you continue to check the data. And then all of a sudden you do have that bias where you ignore stuff that goes against you and are you cling to things that show what you want to believe. Yeah, I, I've, I don't know. I've just seen that in myself even as someone who tries to be data-driven is there is a bias once you plant your flag and you say, oh, okay, based on the data, I have this belief. Now that's your belief, and it's it's an effort to be continue to be open minded after you decide what you think. Yeah, and I think to to what we'd mentioned earlier, probably there's a lot of social reward at 
you know, you, you, you read something in an article, you talk to a like-minded friend, you say it, and, you, and they go, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's like, yes, now I love this belief. Or, somebody's, <laughs> or somebody, somebody that you don't have a high opinion of is negative towards you. You go, well, now I definitely need to keep this thing slightly related. I've been watching trash television, which I think is, at this point, just as probably more valuable than the news. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was watching Too Hot to Handle. Uh, and at the end of, so the, the premise of the show is that they put a bunch of people who think they're going to hook up with one another onto a show. They tell them in the first episode that uh, there's a prize of $100,000. And if you don't hook up, you get it all. And for every hookup there is, we reduce that money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a tragedy of the commons thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's course. like, it's a pure tragedy. There's actually a lot of issues with the show, which I, cause I won't even go into them because, uh, of course, there's issues with Too Hot to Handle. <laughs> but they, at the end of it, they tell them, actually, the winner of the show gets all the money. We split it last season. We're not going to split it this season. Oh, sick. And it is fucking amazing. And I believe that the deception was self-deception and not deception of the camera. How quickly people who had literally had sex on the show, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 2 a.m. in a room with 12 people snuck over to sleep with one another are so interested in relationships and they like really feel changed. Mm -hmm. And like, this has been such a good experience. These are the people that cost the most money to the group. And I believe I actually, cause they're not that good of actors. I believe that when they realize that if, if they change, they could make $55,000 that they then genuinely wanted something different for the next 48 hours. Like they actually, their brain did them the favor of being like, no, we want relationships now. Like we don't want to, sleep around anymore back when we had to split that with 12 other people tragedy the comments like sorry guy i'm gonna get mine yep and it was crazy to uh as soon as that announcement came out all of the little confessionals just had such a different tone <laughs> yeah yeah everyone was like i don't even know about the show like i feel like i'm like it's like i feel like i've learned so much <laughs> it's been so great and like our relationship is stronger than ever and then the guy who won you go to his instagram with the girl that he won and they're they didn't have a single photo together. <laughs> like they broke up right away. Sure. Uh, just, you know, people, people's uh, brains kick in and do them favors oh, in dude. order to earn them money and, and I, make them believe things. I even felt it with the vaccine. So I've, I've been pretty clear on the podcast. My whole, my whole thing was for, for someone that's young and healthy and had already had COVID and had an antibody test that came back, but I still had antibodies. I was not concerned about getting COVID. Mm-hmm. And also, I thought the vaccine had very little downside, wasn't going to kill you, but, you know, we only have so much data on it. We have no idea what happens in 30 years. So I was like, probably COVID, I'm fine. Probably vaccine, I'm fine. But I'm just tilting to I'm going to wait because I already had COVID and I literally went and got an antibody test that said I still had the antibodies. Yep. And then I got the vaccine anyway because I'm going to a wedding in New York. And, and they as, won't let you in. And they won't you, let you in. Yeah. It, which is funny because they don't passport. care about immunity. This We talked about this. They don't care about immunity, which you could demonstrate that you had. Oh, yeah. I said I said I have an antibody test that yeah. shows I have antibodies and I have an, I'll get a negative COVID test that shows. Mm-hmm. So I don't have COVID and I have the antibodies, which studies are coming out. You're 13 times more protected from the Delta variant if you have natural immunity than if you have the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So I was like, surely that'll be pretty solid for you guys since you're, that's your fear is the breakthrough cases. And they're like, no. No, you need the vaccine card. Yeah, that's. So I, I, I mean, was like, it's political on both sides, but that to me was just fucking ridiculous. When I was like, "You don't care about illness; you care about compliance." Well, only because I wasn't saying, "Hey, I got COVID, so you should trust me." Yeah, I went and yeah. got blood work done at a hospital that came back that I had antibodies at a, a material amount. Yeah, and so you know, I did the I did the work to like check on if the quote unquote natural immunity was there. But I noticed in myself 
like, I was like, okay, I'm not going to get the vaccine because who knows what it's going to be like in 50 years. And then once I got it, I was like, this thing's probably safe. Like I could sense even in myself that thought that, oh yeah, maybe this is cigarettes and we'll all find out that doctors are prescribing it and it <laughs> ends up causing cancer. Once I got it, I was like, that's way less likely than I thought it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so I could just see my own confirmation bias that now that I'd done it, I had to convince myself this was totally safe, not just 99.5%. And you felt it, I'm sure. It wasn't just like, wasn't just top brain. You're like, I I feel safe. (laughs) No, no, sorry. I felt it first. Yeah. And then I went, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> All of a sudden, I've lost my ability to understand why other people won't get vaccinated. Yeah, like I hear yeah, other people yeah, won't yeah. get vaccinated. I'm like, just do it. It's no big deal. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Two days ago, I would have said that makes total sense. We have no idea what happens 50 years from now. But you can't hold on to that because that's upsetting. That's upsetting to think I might have injected myself with something that appeared safe today and might have some negative consequences in 25 years or 50 years. Yeah, we just might find out. And it might not be massive. We might find out that there's a 15% increase in prostate cancer yeah. if you got this thing, you know? Uh, but yeah, I couldn't hold on to that sense. Mm-hmm. And it was only upon, with talking to people, I was like, I feel like I felt differently two days ago. <laughs> and then I got the vaccine. And now I sure do feel confident that the vaccine is safe. And everyone and I, should get it. I recognize my own confirmation <laughs> bias. It's like, yeah, why don't we all just do it? Because if I have a 15% increase of prostate cancer, but everyone does... Nothing is increased. <laughs> we all we all have prostate. Yeah, cancer. it was more. It was more just that I immediately. I just immediately threw out the fact that that might happen in my brain. Yeah, I was like, no, this is safe. Yeah. There's definitely no way this thing that we have a year worth. Have of data you felt on, uh, more concerned at all with the repercussions of getting COVID since that? Okay, so you've been less afraid of the vaccine. On the other side, prior to that, was you know you might get COVID again at some point when your antibodies were off. Have you felt that at all, or no? Dude, I'm so because that's immune. not been a, yeah, exactly because you. you I haven't still have to. my natural antibodies yeah. and I have the vaccine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Got it. and I'm 34 and I don't have any pre-existing things. I yeah. feel like uh, surely there can't be a more COVID immune person on the planet than me right now. Got it. So no, I, I that has not gone up at all. I'm not worried about getting a breakthrough case. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that some study in Israel came out and it hasn't been peer reviewed yet. So. I, I would say take it with a grain of salt, but they're they're saying. See, you read news. You said you weren't reading any news. You got the news. Yeah. That's the second study you've referenced. Well, I don't put a lot of weight into it because <laughs> it's not been peer reviewed. It it well, who knows if it's real? Is all I'm saying. Like it, that's what I'm saying. It, yeah. No, I mean like it all could be non. I I'm 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 a hyper skeptic uh, at this point, and I know that people are going to find that frustrating. And I one day would have a longer conversation on the podcast with someone who disagrees, but I think with you, you understand me, so I won't. I do think myself. COVID is real. Yeah, I'm not a skeptic it. that COVID is. is okay. <laughs> Are there people that think that thought at one point COVID was like? No, nah, I had it. I definitely had it last December. Uh, no doubts there. Um, so, just a random thing. This is the last thing on red team, blue team. Uh, interesting. Living in California, there's a recall election going on. I have seen several ads about it. Every single one has been for Gavin Newsom, um, uh, and they have. None of them have said anything about Gavin Newsom's positives. They've all stressed re- fear of a Republican governor, mm-hmm. which I just thought was an interesting understanding of human psychology. It's like, oh, you, these people get it. <laughs> they they are not going to convince anyone to show up and vote for Gavin Newsom. And I think well, that was how they ran Biden too. It's how they ran Hillary. It was how they've run everyone. And so they're they're one and one on presidents. And that's not how Obama ran. Obama wasn't a don't. No, he was hoping to change, man. He was, no, he, he was, no. uh, he had principled 
vote for him mm-hmm. mindset. Yes. And I actually think the Democratic Party seems to increasingly be leaning on this, and it might be effective. Like, it didn't work in 2016, but I'd say it was very effective, and I think part of it was Donald Trump and the uh, reaction of big tech and much of the media against him, which made the anti-sentiment effective. Mm-hmm. And I, it might be the... I wonder if it's going to be the entire Democrat strategy I think for major elections going I think going it can forward. only work for so long, though, because what yeah. do you do? I think, so the problem is, I'm not super politically informed, but I imagine that the thing that wins elections is actually voter turnout. Mm-hmm. And when you have, if you have a moderate Republican like Mitt Romney, and then a candidate maybe that doesn't stand for anything except for don't let the Republicans win, it's not that people will switch parties but it, you just might not get that turnout because they're like, oh, it actually wouldn't be the end of the world. Like if Trump wins, it's the end of the world. But if Mitt Romney wins, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I, so I've only seen a handful of the ads, but the ads and some of them do paint because I don't know anything about the, the Republican candidates really at all. I don't know anything about Gavin Newsom, uh, but they they do paint them as extreme, which they may or may not be. And I wonder if that's just going to become the new strategy, which is like, look, fuck if Mitt Romney's extreme. We'll just make them extreme, and then we'll say. I hope, don't not. I hope at some point you get a candidate that runs on their own platform and positions instead of just I'm not the other guy. It just might be less effective, you know. It might be less effective. Um, so we'll see. I don't know, and that's just you know two data points and totally anecdotal. Uh, another thing, which I this was interesting, total total different, which because we can get off the politics now. Um, there was a clip that went out of a guy who snuck into the Jake Paul fight and found Logan Paul and asked him for a job. Did you see it? Mm-mm. It was interesting. So it starts with him crying in the car because Logan didn't give him a job. Ah. <laughs> and, nice. and then he cuts to have What's you seen it, Justin? Name? I saw a, a thumbnail from a different YouTuber talking yeah. about it. Okay. What's the guy's name? I don't know the guy's name. He's just a he's a 22-year-old. I don't know his name. He's just a guy. And he put it up and Logan did. And Logan was... Uh, Came across rather well, was direct, and said no, and, and sort of explained why. Uh, was it that if I say yes to you, people are going to constantly break into events and harass well, me? Well, first off, he said, well, how'd you, how'd you get in here? You snuck in, you did a sneak in video. No, I didn't. Okay, I did. You know, it's okay. So, kind of lied right off the bat. He snuck in. But Logan gave him, I think, more time than he needed to, quite frankly. Uh, and the kid said, you know, I quit my job. I, I, I quit my job. Okay, so what can you do? Uh, I can work hard. I don't need money. Uh, like, what are you good at? I don't know, but like, that's why I'm here. I want to learn. He's like, so, so like, there's no handouts, he says. Like, I did this. I came out here with my brother, Jake. I didn't know anybody. We did ourselves. He's like, I'm not looking for a handout. I'm just looking for a job. And <laughs> it's like, I'll work for free. And, and without, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, but I do think that there is a prevalent mentality. It's not universal that exists in relationships and jobs, which is, which I want to put an end to if, because you're listening. Because I know that good-hearted people have reached out to me with a similar pitch, which is my desperation, desire, and quote-unquote willingness to work should be sufficient to get you to mentor me or go on a date with me or something. Mm-hmm. And that is totally backwards, totally backwards. Like this kid, this kid quit his job prior to showing up, which I would say, like as someone who quit his job, is totally stupid. Like, <laughs> like Logan wasn't going to take you if you didn't quit your, like, what does that demonstrate to Logan? That, that I want it really bad. He doesn't care how bad you want it. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I think 
it's got problems in later in life because it can keep you very focused on other people and not your internal needs. But having read How to Win Friends and Influence People was really important to you and I in our young 20s because it emphasizes that people do not care about what you want. Mm-hmm. The most common persuasion tactic people take is to tell other people what they want. And, it's, yeah, and, yeah. and you go, oh, I know that. Read the book. It'll blow you away how often you and the people around you try to get what they want by saying what they want to other people. Yeah, no, I mean, the biggest... <laughs> just a succinct way to put it is the the biggest like leadership and persuasion mind shift that I had when I was younger was to never say I and to only speak in you Mm -hmm. you know and like you're how basically when you're saying I it's only in the the way that I can help you Mm -hmm. uh and the other thing I think is there's this there's this concept and I don't know where it came from that an unskilled person who requires a lot of training Mm -hmm. is valuable because they're willing to work for quote unquote free. And, and, and I think what people don't realize is like, if you're someone like Logan Paul or even us who are much smaller, your time is your most valuable resource. And so for you to go unpaid, but require training time and management time and effort and energy is not, that is a take, you know, to, oh, you don't have to pay me money. You just have to pay me by training me two hours a day every day or even thinking of a job for me to do like that's expensive yeah when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That 10, 10 hours to train you a week or even five hours or even one hour. Like these are, this is expensive. The amount of money I would pay to not have to train someone. I mean, is, is I think to a lot of people looking for jobs, you'd be shocked. And yeah. Logan, I'm sure is even higher. Like, uh, no, coming in with a pre-existing skill, Alex Ramosi, the guy we talked to, I think that was last week, yeah. right? Uh, that's the number one thing he looks for when he's hiring. He's like, what pre-existing skill do you have? I think, I think there's, and I, I'm sure I'm a hundred percent sure I was guilty of this as well when I was younger thinking that just because I was quote unquote smart because I'd done well in school and I had gumption and I was willing to work hard and I was willing to be trained made me a valuable asset was, it's just a misconception I think a lot of people have and that I'm sure that I had. And I want to, and again, not to pile on because I think that there's a, there, there must be a cultural meme because this happens a lot. And I think Tim, you know, Tim Ferriss is kind of like reach out to the people you admire, which there's a lack of nuance there. Oh well, yeah, take your shoot your shot. First yeah, yeah. of all, I'm not saying don't shoot your shot, but just expect to not hear back or to get a no. Well, what what is lacking, I think, from that um, as as the internet has developed is a sense like this kid, not to blame him, was only thinking of his own perspective. Like didn't think, okay, so I show up to Logan's event 
How is Logan going to feel? How many times has this happened to Logan? Let me also. Let what me does take, he want to focus on right now? Yeah, the fights and his yeah. brother or me. <laughs> yeah, and if I was, that's the worst time to show up. If <laughs> I was to do this, house. like perhaps like slipping him a note and being like, "Hey, man, you know what I mean?" Like, could mm-hmm. be a better way of doing it. And if you really sat down and thought through how different his life is and the problems that he's facing and how you might ameliorate those or help with those and have a plan and how common this offer is. You'd approach it very differently. But what it shows is that that kid totally understandably was unable to step outside of himself and think, man, if somebody tracked me down at my brother's game and offered to work for me for free, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> it's right, like right, right. you have you have not stepped into his world at all. I do know people who have, I know multiple people, just to be clear, who have done this, who have, who have sniper shot a mentor. Oh, yeah. And it is often, well, one is one showed up to an event that they paid to go to. So the guy was giving a speech and he paid to go. And then at the end walked up and gave the guy a book that was based on something he had said on a podcast that showed a lot of, uh, I guess, emotional intelligence. And then also didn't ask for anything in return and just kept in touch with him over a period of weeks before eventually asking him if they if he would work together on something. And then the other one was someone that put together a giant pitch for a project and sent it to someone. And the pitch was for an idea that the recipient thought was terrible, but it was just laid out very well in a way that was impressive to them. Mm-hmm. And they saw that this person could be a valuable asset day one. So instead of saying, hey, I want you to train me, what I have is free time and gumption. He said, hey, I want to do this project for you. And I've already <laughs> laid it out in this easy to read slide deck that shows you how I'm going to make you money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy said, I have no interest in this idea, but I like that unasked you've put together this thing that shows me I could hire you and day one you could be doing good work for me. Yep. And so then he took them on. So the, I do know multiple people who have hit up, uh, mil, mul, you know, mil, multimillionaire people who do get hit up a lot and they do get the response, but it's never by talking about how much they love them and how hard they're willing to work. And and what it is, it's showing how hard you're willing to work. Because what those people did is put in hours of work with relatively zero guarantee, in fact, a low percentage chance that it would even get looked at. You know, I yeah, put together yeah, yeah. this whole slide deck understanding that it might not ever make it to your eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to, mo- like, but what a lot of people do is like, I'm... I'm willing to hard work, but you have to give me the go ahead first and tell me that I, it's like, mm-hmm. no, like if that kid had shown up with like, I, you know, I made you this new account on this thing. I've uploaded your videos. I split them out. Like, here's the thing that could have gone very differently. You've been copyright striking me and I've been giving you the ad revenue, but I just want you to show you this Logan shorts <laughs> channel that I yeah, made yeah, that yeah. has 10 million yeah, subscribers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I built this yeah. and I haven't been paid for it, but I've been doing work for three months yes. and I would like to do it for you now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise I'm going to stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something like that. We are, our, longest tenured employee i believe what happened is we were looking for a job for someone who could photoshop stuff and we were asked for applications and what she did was she did the job yep. right she did one day's worth of the job and said here here's Not what one the- day's worth she did 30 minutes worth it was and which was above and beyond every other applicant i said i need we were looking at the time i didn't know what social media platform but i was like hey can you make our videos into instagram posts with the quotes and People are like, yes, I can. Here's my portfolio. Yes, I can. Here's my portfolio. And she said, yes, I can. I've made, th- here's three examples yeah, from yeah. your videos. And she grabbed three quotes that I'd said and put them in. I was like, got the job. Uh, done. Over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Completely over. Uh, it wasn't even close. So yeah, she's been with us the longest. Um, so then I have a couple other things. I don't really have anything to say about this. I don't, uh, I just saw, because I've been trying to get into the D&D, that there was a, a D&D person named Arcadum who had allegations made against him that... 
uh, I think might have ended his career or at least put a pause to it. Mm -hmm. He uh, allegedly was toxic and harassed and slept with or badgered to sleep with uh, other people that were playing D&D with him. He was the dungeon master and had, I think, a position of power relatively within the group because it was his channel and he determined who would get to play. And a number of the women recorded Discord calls with him. And he comes, I listened to a couple before. I was like, this is kind of fucked up. Listening to a call that one person knows is being recorded and the other doesn't. I was like, I, I, I understand that this might be the only way to be believed, but it also needs to be taken with a huge grain of salt. So I'm just, I'm just going to try to throw this out. That said, he did sound like, in those moments, total ass. <laughs> um, but, you know, who knows when one person knows that there's a recording and the other person doesn't. Uh, but it is, again, strange as I sat there. I was like, we have just totally accepted. Like, what state did this occur in? Do we know the consent laws with with privacy and single-way record? Like, where where was this? Is, any of this? is anybody concerned that any phone call that they might be having might be... Uh, discussed with everyone else. Not saying that this guy is a good person, by the way. Um, well, I mean, but if you think that they're like, if you think that their crime is heinous, then of course you don't care. Mm -hmm. If someone, if I illegally recorded a serial killer, uh, well, some of the crimes were, I think they would state as like uh, being controlling, verbally abusive, you know, asshole. But certainly nothing, nothing jail. You know, in in no, many sure, of the allegations. Think, but here's what I'm saying. Think of the extreme. I illegally record a serial killer and I get them caught. Everyone applauds it, right? Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a level of deplorable behavior that we think is admirable. Skip the rules. To illegally yeah. record. Yeah. That you should do it. I could bust a child sex slave ring by doing something illegal. That's encouraged, right? Mm -hmm. By most people, you know, maybe not by police, but yeah, yeah. by most people, they say, yeah, do it. Do the illegally record it if it gets that behavior stopped. So then the question is, how deplorable do you think this behavior is? And I think for people who think that it's awful to do what he was doing, then of course it makes sense. Like, great, you illegally recorded someone doing something awful. So the question just becomes, how awful does this person perceive it? Yeah. Yeah, not even how, how awful is the behavior, because I have no idea who this guy is, but how awful is the person consuming the story? How often do they think the behavior is? And if they think it's awful then of course they don't give a crap that it's been illegally recorded because... I don't think it's just that. I think that when we, uh, you know, listening to the Donald Sterling thing where you, like, where you hear him saying you can date black guys but you can't bring him to the game to the girl that he is pretending to be in a relationship with, I guess technically in a relationship with, but she's 40 years younger yeah. than him. Uh, I don't think there was a consideration as for how bad is what he's saying. It's I think it's a complete lack of empathy for somebody recording you and playing that conversation on the news. I, I, I think I think most people consuming these stories, be getting outraged, could not possibly conceive of someone in a relationship with them recording them and having that make national or international news. I also don't remember what Donald Sterling said, but I imagine that the people who were... I, I imagine that they were extremely upset by the, the racism in the statement. Mm -hmm. So they don't... Again, they don't care if it was grabbed illegally because in their minds saying this at all is awful and so who cares if we got this information sure. illegally uh well okay take the rachel nichols where she was basically saying i believe in diversity but not my job so mm -hmm. stop handing my job away i mean i don't think people thought again I, I don't know that there's a real 
to me, I understand what you're saying that if that if well, I think she got. I think people did push back for her and say this was recorded illegally and shouldn't be used to fire her. I guess I think they pushed back and said that not that they said what she did wasn't so bad, so don't fire her. But they didn't say, hey, the way that you obtain this ought to be thrown out, which is what a court of law might have done. And I don't know the state laws in Florida where she was or in the place where the server farm was, um, particularly. But there, I guess what I am noting is uh, nobody gives a shit about other people's privacy yeah, yeah. <laughs> anymore like at, no at one cares. All. i don't think many people care about their own privacy everyone who gets this TikTok. Is the, this is the thing with edward snowden man that guy laid his life on the line being like once i expose this to the american people surely they will rise up and realize that yeah. the nsa is recording all of their calls and and they will not tolerate it and no one budged no one cared well, because and i think it's not bad math honestly i think most people think to themselves i don't need to be concerned about privacy because what i'm doing isn't so bad i'm not doing committing murders or something like that and so because of my relative level of fame non-fame yeah. the only thing that i could possibly get in trouble for would be a heinous crime mm-hmm. so i don't care look at my texts oh i make jokes you don't like no one is ever going to care that bob in yeah. the middle of uh pennsylvania sends a, a joke that maybe is uh inappropriate because there's no money in canceling me there's no those those headlines will never get clicked. No one cares. So the only thing that matters and for privacy is if you're Jeffrey Dahmer and you're doing something awful or if you're famous, at which point making an inappropriate joke is salacious enough to become news. Mm -hmm. And so most people do the math and go, all right, well, I'm not Jeffrey Dahmer and I'm not famous, so I don't care. So (laughs) I don't don't think they care about other people's privacy or their own privacy. Yeah. And it's, it's, I guess, the same thing that's been happening for years with paparazzi, which is like, course i wouldn't like that if that happened to me but i can't conceive of this person as a real human being so i'll buy the tabloid because it interests me you know? yeah yeah exactly like, i'm gonna fun i i'm baffled by that because i think of paparazzi the fact that what they do i understand how the law protects them but it is wild what they can get away with but no the people who buy the tabloids would hate if they were treated like the people in the tabloid mm-hmm but they just know that'll never happen because they're not on the path to being famous so they don't mind funding the thing that they would absolutely hate happening to them yeah. Yeah. And I think, so I actually think people don't care about privacy for themselves. Yeah. So, well, I guess what and I should that do. with Alexa, Siri, TikTok, all this stuff, like we're, we're all being recorded all the time and no one minds. I will try not. And I did click off of this to listen to privately recorded conversations, uh, you know, regardless of state law, just cause like, I'll try to be the change I want to see in the world. Cause you know, the person whose video I watched got a 0.001 AdSense and that contributed to the algorithm and it contributed to the spreading of it. So yeah, I think for me, it's it's if this was if this if this is a private conversation that was recorded and it's not about breaking up a child pedophile ring, just just don't click it, <laughs> don't listen to it, don't have an opinion on it. Uh, you oughtn't have been there, and it's none of your it's none of your business. And perhaps this is the golden rule: you wouldn't like it. Positions reversed. You wouldn't like a single recording conversation of you being an asshole, which by the way, I have been in my life. What about the, <laughs> like, what about the opposite argument though, which is if I don't listen to this, I'll keep watching this guy's channel and I don't want to fund someone who does this stuff. So I don't want, so if he is not doing anything illegal, but is using his position in a way that I find inappropriate to mm. pressure people into sex, I don't want him to have a position of power. But if he wasn't doing that and he was just running this show, then I don't mind funding him. So I need to know if he's doing that behavior because I don't want to give him my ad sense. Yeah if he's going to use his power to do what I think is legal, but bad behavior and sure. pressure people. And so there, there's an argument to be made that you want to know this stuff because you want to know who you're going to 
fund with your eyeballs. I, I think it's a, it's an interesting counterpoint. I suppose what what comes to mind for me is that the underlying reason that that appeals to me and I think so many others is because it creates a bad guy out there and a good guy here. And you get to go, oh, I've never done that. You know what I mean? Like this, this couldn't happen to me because I never did that and I've never had that call. And I've, But I think if we go a little bit broader and we go, have you ever been really unkind to someone that you loved? <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you ever like just been a total jerk and, and have you ever done something that would make people, if they listened to 10 minutes of you, not want to support you if that was their experience of you? Um, and they and they believed that that was representative. The answer for me is yes. You know, I've I every time I play League of Legends, <laughs> <laughs> poor Henry, poor, poor brother. Um, oh my gosh, if he ever records me screaming at him in League of Legends, <laughs> brother on brother violence, brother right there. on brother. And you know, thank God that uh, I know he would never. You know, I know that that's what you think. That's. <laughs> but I th- I think if if everybody took that broader view of their life. And they're like, I haven't done this particular thing, but have I ever been such a jerk, so unkind, so callous, mm-hmm. so whatever, that if somebody clipped that 15 minutes of me, that it would make people not want to associate with me? For me, the answer is yes, I have been that way. Um, and I, I think the answer is yes for everybody else. And if you're out there, which I know sometimes happen when I say things like this, feeling superior to me because you go, not me, I think you're so wrong. <laughs> like I'm trying, I'm trying to set this up like if you, but yes, all of us are, are in this camp of having done that. Um, so yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I will try to avoid those sorts of things because, but I do understand what you're saying. You're like, hey, there's probably appropriate boycotts if you knew what was going on behind closed doors, even if it wasn't just because you don't want to fund them. Yeah. You know, because your view is their, is their source of power. Sure. I don't like when this person has power. Yeah. Like R Kelly or somebody didn't want to say that he doesn't wind up going to jail and you're like, maybe I should stop listening to him, but I'm not going to know because. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's people, I think it's a, I mean, this is going to be so obvious, but it's a spectrum and it depends on the behavior. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know this person's story, but there's, there's certainly, like, it's bad to be illegally recorded. I 100%. Well, I will say that the court of law, for all of its, I mean, it is pretty, it is pretty brilliant. And it says, look, if you get evidence, mm-hmm. and it's damning, and it was gotten in the wrong way, we throw it out. Like, that, that is how we do it. Because the structure of how we go about learning things about the world is more important than any particular verdict. Sure. Um, and so, I think that there's wisdom to that. That, like, you know what? Maybe I will listen to I Believe I Can Fly. And <laughs> I'll be... Uh, but they also, do, they also do wiretaps. They just might be smart enough to make sure they wiretap they get a federal in warrant. public They get a federal places. warrant. No, there's, there's, you can wiretap. You, you can do that, but a judge needs to say you have uh, enough reason to do so. Sure, I'm just saying it's not like you can't record someone who doesn't know they're being recorded. I mean, with the Patriot Act, you could do anything you want. <laughs> this is what Everett Snowden was trying to say, is that all of those protections are now gone, and they just are going to selectively point the finger. Um, I think that's mostly what I'd had. What do you got? Uh, it's a program we've already talked about on the podcast. It's marketing step-by-step. It is they were, <laughs> going through this course was an inflection point for Charisma on Command. We immediately became 10 times better at business from going through this course. I learned more from this course than I did from going to Wharton Business School. Mm-hmm. It takes you from, I have no idea what to call my business. I have no idea what product I'm going to do. I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't know how. All the way through to ideation, naming the product, marketing and promoting the product. It, it's literally, in my opinion, the best course for people who want to be entrepreneurs but don't know how to do it or have started a business but it's not as successful as they'd like. It's and, a, and it is a starter. Like if you're at six 
plus, uh, six maybe. If you're at seven figures, this isn't for you. Yeah, if you make two million in, re- two million in revenue, it's yeah. not for you. If you yes. make 200,000 in revenue yeah. or 20 grand in revenue, or you just want to be an entrepreneur, this is absolutely for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I genuinely think I would, even though our business is doing quite well, would still benefit us mm-hmm. to go through it more regularly. But anyway, it's called Marketing Step-by-Step. I've gone through a lot of courses. I hunted this one down to try to affiliate for it because I think it's so good. And if you're interested, instead of getting it for $1,000, which is what it normally retails for, you can get it for $97, just because I happen to be friends with the CEO, by going to ebonpagantraining.com slash charisma. And we will link to that at the bottom of the podcast as well. So I don't know what discount that is. It's a massive percent. But yeah, instead of being 1000 bucks, it's $97. And Justin gets half of it. Yeah. So you're giving Eben $50 and Justin $50. And uh, I will say, you know, you'll see, we, we don't do discounts on Charisma University. It's, it is $600 if you want the whole course. You can get first impressions for cheaper, but the, if you want the whole course, $600. Uh, we're able to do this because you know the guy and they are like, okay, yeah, we'll do a discount for your guys. We'll make it really steep. I was like, fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? All like, I had to do was send I've, several <laughs> texts and emails and beg them to let us have it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I thought I thought a thousand dollars would be a lot for for people who are starting to get into entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and are in the early innings. So I asked if we could do a lower price, and he said, "Yeah, well, the lowest I've ever offered it for was ninety seven dollars." It's like, great, can I have that? Mm-hmm. And I have the lowest you've ever offered it for. So that's what we got. So EbenPinginTraining dot com slash charisma. Link in the description. Check out marketing step by step, and it's it's a great program. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah, and then the one the one thing I wanted to talk about. There's actually a couple things we have. It's been so long. Some of this I is know. old news. I got like OnlyFans banning sexual you got news. content. I knew you got news. That's months ago. <laughs> it's old. It's old hat. This is yeah. what happens when we take two weeks off. But uh, there was one thing I saw. I saw a video on YouTube of Trump telling people to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Yes. I, boom. I thought it was fascinating. He uh, he says, "I believe I believe totally in your freedoms," and everyone applauds. And he goes, "But." I recommend taking the vaccine. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccine. It gets booed and immediately pivots to, hey, the vaccines work, but you've got your freedoms. You've got your freedoms. You have to maintain your freedoms. So he he clearly understands that that is not a position he can ride if he's trying to run for president uh, a second time and uh, was very, very quick, like wanted to throw it out there just because he's often split testing to see how, see how it goes, but was quick to abandon that. And I thought it was interesting because everybody often talks about how Trumpers is what they call them. will just eat anything that Trump throws their way. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a often line that you'll hear certain people say. So, you know, these Trumpers, this, if he says jump, they say how high. If he says jump off a cliff, they do it. And apparently that is not the case. <laughs> you know, maybe this was at one point true, but either he tapped into this pre-existing thoughts or he created Frankenstein's monster he's lost control of, mm-hmm. but he definitely cannot just say any position and get the people who obviously are his fans. They're showing up to his rallies two years before, three years before an election. Yeah. And, and they'll boom. He has, he does not have the ability to just say whatever he wants and have the fans applaud and take it in as their own belief system. So I, I tend to, to go with the, the former, which is that I think Trump did not dictate the agenda I think he had to tap deeply into a, a a deep strain of distrust of the establishment, a sense that Washington, D.C. was the swamp. Uh, I don't think he could have picked any issue and made it his wall. I think a distrust of immigrants was was baked into a lot of a lot of that. And 
in coming in, he's been then been able to take a couple pet projects and be like, you know, this is one degree off of, you know, I've already said that I'm your guy. You don't have a strong opinion about, I don't know, X, Y, or Z, and I can move you there. But I do think that distrust of Bill Gates, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, things that CNN likes, it was was deeply baked in. And if Trump and if you try to put the Trumpiness against that, the Trumpiness will lose. And I don't think that that's a novel thing since he's lost the presidency. I think that that he actually has had to move to them. And if you looked at his positions his whole life, I mean, the guy was a Democrat. Like he, he was, yeah, yeah. he was a donor. He had to, he had to move. He had to be. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Trump has probably paid for abortions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then was, and then had to anoint Republican Supreme Court justices that were pro-life. I think this idea, that's why I guess what I thought was interesting is the, the narrative was Trump has these around his finger in the palm of his hands and they'll believe anything he says and it's actually looks like much more so that he figured out what they wanted to hear said it as if it was his idea Mm -hmm. and convinced people that he had followers in the palm of his hands Mm -hmm. but and and they like him a lot and like i said he could take a thing that's one degree different and move a ton of people towards it yeah but if you if you go against that deeper pre-existing belief set you know, if, if Trump came out and was like, I'm an atheist, good luck. You know what I mean? How's, how's your Trumpiness going to yeah. gonna play against religion? You're well, gonna- obviously, he doesn't even feel comfortable saying he's pro-choice or putting up a Supreme Court justice that's you pro-choice. Know, or holding a bi- Yeah, and, and, you know, is that guy religious? It doesn't seem so. It uh, doesn't seem yeah, like he not. takes it very sincerely. But, yeah, he can't. He, uh, he has to move to them, I think, more than people uh, realize or yeah. at least more than I've heard it repeated. So yeah, I totally agree with that. So I just thought that was interesting. And then there's there's one more thing which I thought was fascinating, which I thought uh, highlighted what we've talked about before, which is the importance of being philosophically sound by applying, okay, if I think this, what are the secondary effects of it? Because I saw this viral Instagram post where this woman in Birmingham, Michigan was talking to the Board of Education about a mask mandate they had for schools. And she said, if God wanted us to cover our mouth and nose, he would have made us that way. <laughs> she was wearing glasses at the time because God did not give her 2020 vision. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought it was so interesting because we people will will sometimes comment, "How do you guys come up with your arguments?" They seem you seem very like well thought in terms of your beliefs. The number one rule is if I believe this, what else follows? Mm-hmm. So if I believe that I don't need to wear a mask because if God wanted me to cover my nose and throat, He would have done it For organically, me. biologically you cannot supplement your eye vision with glasses. The second that you do, you are philosophically inconsistent. Unless there's some sort of special difference between your mouth and nose and your eyes that I am not perceiving, yeah. which would be interesting to hear her justify. Yeah. So one, I thought it was hilarious, but two, I thought it really highlighted that idea, that philosophical tool of if I do take this as true, what else would follow? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the quote unquote, dumb arguments that you see from people that don't make sense that you can tell come with a bias. It's because they just don't ask that question of if this is true. She's wearing clothes. She's, she's out right. there if in this a, is, in a If home. this is true, it's what else like, would logically follow? God would, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just think, I thought it highlighted something that we've talked about before when people ask, you know, how do you, because it's often, especially for you, you're so quick on your feet. You can hear an argument that you've never encountered before and find the hole in it right away. And a, and a lot of podcast commenters have said that they find that impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's your, that's your go-to tool. That's your very first when presented with an argument, you go, okay, yeah. let's say I take you at your word. 
I say, yes, and I don't fight. Now what? I don't fight. I I just go, okay, so now you're for this. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, why not? And it's, I don't know. Maybe that's, that is, that is uh, number one. Yeah. Philosophical debate, whatever it is that I, that I lean on heavily is what else does this mean? It actually is more helpful than trying to figure out why something is wrong because now the other person has to figure out what it's why it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just say, okay, like take those glasses off, strip down. <laughs> you know what I mean? God would have built buildings for us. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> you shouldn't be inside here. You're supposed to be out in the rain, naked, like God made you. You shave your armpits? God Stop. wouldn't have given you armpit <laughs> hair. You cut that hair? God would have had it be self, you know what I mean? You don't have to cut your eyebrows, your, you know? Yeah. They take care of themselves, but you seem to have a bob cut. What's going on here? Uh, no, it's goofy. It's, it's uh, there's a lot of that going around everywhere. Yeah. So no, it's just a good, it's just a great tool. Highly recommend it. If, if something, if you think something doesn't make sense, but you can't figure out why, one of the best reasons or best ways to figure out why is just go, well, what else would fall from this? Mm-hmm. And the last thing I wanted to say, because I just looked it up because someone uh, on our team had asked me was uh, thanks to all of the listeners and viewers on YouTube and uh, either buying Charisma University, which allows us to donate money or donating themselves. We have lifetime raised $840,000 for Charity Water. Wow. So I just wanted to take a pause and to anyone who's listening who has bought Charisma University or has donated themselves or even has just watched our YouTube videos and helped one01 cent. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we couldn't donate without all of you guys. So either directly or indirectly, you've helped us get $840,000 to people who don't have access to clean water so that they can have wells dug and that's life-changing for them. You know, it means instead of walking miles to get water, they have it in their village. It means that kids can go to school instead of having to do the labor to survive. And uh, I don't know, it's awesome. When I looked at it, I was blown away. And so I just wanted to just pause and say thank you to everyone who has directly or indirectly made that possible. It's It's been life-changing to thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. So. And I'm, I need to, I uh, don't want to, and at some point it's selfish, but I actually think it's now approaching the point where it's, it should be necessary as like due diligence. I want to get on a plane and go see one of these, <laughs> you know, like I think it is the amount that we are encouraging and putting in ourselves while I do have belief, you know, that skepticism in me runs deep. <laughs> so it's like, all right, let's go, let's go touch this, see this, uh, then I get on an airplane. I find out the earth is flat. Africa doesn't exist. It's all just, uh, no. And then uh, <laughs> there are no wells. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man, if we got suckered, we, we, it's not like, uh, it's not like we started a crypto where the audience gets suckered and we don't. Cause we've, we've definitely <laughs> given our, our fair share to sure, charity water. Sure. So we'll, we'll have hurt the most, but I do believe them when they say that they lead to clean water, even though we will take a trip to Africa once COVID, you can't right now. Because yeah. they don't want you to bring your COVID. A lot of these villages are remote. That's why they don't have access they got to no water. COVID. Yeah. And so they don't have COVID. And so the idea of flying out some Americans to check out what they've done and then putting these communities at risk is not <laughs> something that they want to do. So, sure. but I've been in the works with them. We'll try to go. We'll try to videotape it, release it on the podcast channel or on Charisma on Command or something like that. So I'm, I'm in the talks with the organization about whenever it's safe to do that, to go. But yeah, cool. basically just big thanks, huge thanks. So we can do uh, YouTube questions now. Cool. Yeah, and also just so some of you guys know, we did. Um, you might have seen some of the clips with uh, Crystal and Kyle because we had we had that, and then we had Alex. If you want to see that full podcast, it is fully on our Patreon. Um, we were unable to post it on this because they asked to have exclusive, and then we said okay, exclusive with the exception of our Patreon. So if you want to see the full conversation we have with them, become a patron. It helps the podcast, covers Justin, makes everybody here happy. 
I um, didn't know it was going to be behind a paywall. When we neither shot did it. I. So neither did I. Neither. I thought that <laughs> I thought that you guys would all get to watch that conversation. That was Me my too. impression when we did it. But turns out they have a membership site. Yeah, and it's it's behind the paywall. Free so. content. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's also um, released on audio by now. Okay. On their whatever podcast. Okay. Great. Yeah, it was not my intention to shoot a podcast and have <laughs> it behind a paywall. I wanted you guys to be able to see it. All right. First one is, am I overthinking this as rude? I live with my brother and often when I'm around the house in a completely neutral mood, he initiates a conversation, makes a quirky comment and bursts into a high pitched loud laughter. <laughs> Since I'm in a neutral mood, I at the We're very just imagine most... this. He just goes, <laughs> bazoinks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Uh, since I'm in a neutral mood, I at the very most chuckle. Sometimes I don't say much at all. He then says another quirky thing and bursts into really hot, loud, high-pitched laughter while I'm making a smoothie or something. I'm clearly not reciprocating the mood, and it feels like he's making fun of me. Is this too subtle to have a concrete conversation about? I want a video of this. Wow. So badly. What a description. Um, I I don't know. That's that's a different relationship that you have with your brother than I have with mine. Because while we wouldn't be like lovingly, caringly honest... I would tell him to STF you, you know, or, or maybe just take away the TF, you know, be quiet. Uh, you and your brother definitely have a very sibling-like relationship. You guys are harsher to each other than yes. to anyone else. But also, um, uh, it wouldn't occur to me to ask if you can say if something I can to say him. something yeah. to him. So I'm going to kind of sit this one out because I, I don't I feel unequipped to, to understand that relationship. Well, there's two things here. One wasn't a question, but it was this. My brother is saying things and laughing, and I feel like he's laughing at me, which I'm confused by because it sounds like he's saying quirky things, but you didn't mention that he's saying mean things about you. So I would start there with the fact that you think it's at you or about you. I think oftentimes people will be in a public place and people around them are laughing and they worry, oh, are they laughing at me? Are they talking about me? And they're often not they're almost always not so it could have nothing to do with you it could just be your brother's way of trying to entertain himself so i would i guess my without knowing more i would question whether it's at you or about you at all but that said i think you're fine to talk to your roommate or your brother about anything you want uh, the way you approach the conversation is what makes it rude or not rude but the topic of hey what are you doing when you do that <laughs> yeah like hey when you do that what are you going for are you making fun of me or are you trying to include me? I am confused by your behavior. There's nothing inherently rude about no. that at all. So I think you're totally in the clear to have a conversation with him. I would approach it from a place of not making any assumptions about him, not trying to mind read his intent. So I wouldn't come at it aggressively, but just come at it with curiosity, genuinely trying to understand what's going on. Yep. That sounds right to me. Yes, you should. You can you can bring it up, and you can probably bring it up in a way that is curious, as opposed to. I would be curious. Yeah, I, I am curious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm very curious. Yeah, uh, if I had a roommate who was just making noises to themselves and making weird noises, I would just be like, "Hey, man, what is that? What's what going you, on there? What are you doing?" But without thinking it's about you, without thinking that it's an attack. Yeah. Maybe he likes the Joker. Yeah, he's, I'm the Joker, baby. Yeah, who <laughs> knows? The latest one. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a girl I work with that I'm very sexually attracted to. However, I'm quite confident I do not want to be in a relationship with her. Mm. Is it ethical and wise to pursue a physical relationship with her? The context is a corporate, albeit virtual, work setting in which I interact with her. I'm for laughing work. on camera. Ben is looking at me because this happened to me. All right, that's why I'm <laughs> laughing again. 
Um, the setting is a corporate, albeit virtual, work setting in which I interact with her for work-related tasks consistently, yet relatively infrequently. I feel like she might want a relationship, but I'm not certain. So ethical, ethical and wise are two t- different Totally different things. decisions, yeah. So is it ethical when someone wants to have sex with you, for you to have sex with them consensually, as long as you don't lie in order to get sex? Yes. Which is to say, don't say you want to be their boyfriend and then sleep with them and then not. But if you are up front, you say, hey, so heads up, I think you're really cute. I'm not looking for anything like a relationship, but do you want to grab a drink sometime? Ethically fine. Mm-hmm. Is it wise to hook up with a coworker? So I guess it depends on your level of scarcity. I will say that simultaneously, a lot of relationships occur from work hookups. And so to, to poo-poo them all would be to cancel out a lot of long-term boyfriend, girlfriend, marriage type setups for yourself though if it were me i wouldn't because i would just assume that a lot of relationships don't end well and while it could end up working out fine it's a high downside move for not that much upside if you're not looking for a relationship you could just go find a casual hookup elsewhere Mm -hmm. so ethically i think it's fine that doesn't sound like you're the person's superior it sounds like you just work in the same office uh, so yeah, as long as you just, I would lead regardless. I'd lead with, Hey, I don't, I'm not looking for a relationship. I would only want something casual, but I do find you attractive. Would you want to grab a drink? But I wouldn't do that personally because I would just try to go have a relationship with someone that I didn't work with because most relationships don't work out. And I wouldn't want to have that in my workplace just for my own sake. So that's what I would do. But yeah, do you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I laughed, so I'll give my short experience. I well, you got taken down. I got yeah. I different. It was it was aggressive on her part. Um, she very much, very much, like aggressively tried to come, made me come out, keep drinking. Like it was you know yeah, she got she, she got you drunk and took me, you down, grabbed me. You know it was it was very it was very aggressive on her part. It didn't wind up being a a, a bad thing. Um, the moments of discomfort were somebody else in the office liked her and that was a friend and that that became uncomfortable for a moment before as that person uh learned and knew and then i told that person um what had happened but yeah it wasn't it, that that particular one wasn't bad and quite frankly here's the thing it's like i think this happens all the time that's what i'm I, saying like it happens all the time some of them become relationships some of them don't some of them end with real discomfort to ben's point if you can, which I believe most, you know, get on a dating app or go to a bar or go to a park or a coffee shop or a bookstore and start a conversation and get your dating needs met outside of that, highly recommended mm-hmm. because it's just, it's a better way of doing things. The only exception for that would be if, if you do feel abundant and you genuinely like this person, you're like, this is someone I might want to date and I work with them, then it's worth considering because that now you're trying to start a relationship with an individual. Um, but if you're looking for replaceable, casual sex then you should find it elsewhere would be my recommendation for your own sake for yeah and and there's and everyone around you in the office yeah but not not because it would or be whatever ethical workplace to do yeah. it just because it's might end up being something you regret mm-hmm. all right last one is are there unique qualities to charisma university that are different from therapy i'm in the middle <laughs> of planning for therapy and it got me wondering if therapy is in a way an upgraded form of cu 
They're not even. They're very different. They're totally different. Entirely different. I would say yeah. therapy equips you to go through your past and better understand yourself and hopefully work through trauma. And I mean, maybe tangentially it'll help you with confidence or self-love, but it's very much an internal exploration of yourself and your closest relationships, maybe. You know. Yeah. And then CU is very much more a, a tactical exploration of how to improve your results when interacting with other people. And there is a confidence module, but I'd say CU is for, I want to make more friends. I want my friends to respect me more. I wish I were a better leader. I wish I had more dates. I want to figure out how to get my bosses to like me. It's very much about having results in the external world, especially with people who you might not know or don't know well. Mm -hmm. And so to me, therapy and Charisma University are quite different. And I, if anything, therapy maybe has more overlap with emotional mastery. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, Charisma University is for when you want to change how the world is reacting to you and what your results are in the world. And therapy is much more about your internal experience and if you have anger or sadness or something yeah. like that. Totally different solutions to different problems. Um, a good therapeutic outcome might look like uh, less anger in your relationship with your significant other, a repaired relationship with a mother, Parent, father, or. brother, sister, whatever. Um, a deeper sense of quiet when you're alone and few less compulsive behaviors. Like uh, CU is, is, is like Ben said, it's actually those peripheral relationships that you can expect to expand upon. So it's like more friends, meaning I didn't know this person, <laughs> you know, uh, dates. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't dating and now we are. Yeah, or um, maybe I, they, I was an acquaintance and they weren't attracted yeah, yeah. to me and now they find me attractive because I'm more charismatic and mm -hmm. more confident. Yeah, I wasn't close to my boss. Now I am. Yeah. Uh, and like, don't expect, uh, well, it can happen. Like things that are more likely to come as a result of CU, though they're not directly like uh, friends, dates, promotions, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Things likely to come out of therapy. Improved close relationships, deeper self-knowledge. Uh, if it's good, a deeper sense of self-satisfaction. Like just just with life, yeah, and maybe le like if you're if you react with extreme sadness or extreme anger to things that other people react to in a lesser degree, therapy may help you to to kind mm -hmm. of emotional mastery, unrepress yeah. unrepress that that anger such that it's you're having more like quote unquote typical reactions to things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're completely different. That's all for YouTube. All right. All right. Great. On to Patreon. Lots coming on Patreon. We hope you guys join. It definitely helps us keep this podcast going. It all goes to Justin. Um, yeah, and it and it's tremendously helpful. So we hope that you come over to Patreon. You get to join the Discord. You get to see at least what's going to be now another hour, I think, <laughs> of, of us doing questions. And it, it becomes a podcast in and of itself. So if you like this, check it out. I think it's $3 at the cheapest level. So $3 a month, by the way. Um, so yeah, either way, love you guys. Appreciate you watching. We'll see you soon. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.